Welcome to the Bethesda Church Podcast. We're so glad you've joined us today. If you'd like to contribute financially to this ministry, you can do so at BethesdaChurch.tv slash give and simply select the giving option that works best for you. Thanks again for joining us. We hope you enjoy today's message. Good evening, Bethesda Church. How's everybody doing? Whoop, whoop. Thought we was going to need a healing line after my son was chucking those t-shirts. I'm like, you're not trying to hurt people. We're trying to give these out. But uh, he had a little more fun with that than I wanted him to have. But we made it through that moment. Um, So glad that you're here. First service of 2019. And I want to say right up front, I have a word for the house tonight. And tonight's going to be a little bit different. Um, not that this message won't speak to you on an individual level. I believe that it will. But I do have something for the house because 2019 is going to be a very significant year for Bethesda Church. A very, very significant year for our church. And um, we are about to open up a brand new facility. And at the end of tonight, you're going to get to walk through the new building so that you can kind of see what's happening. Um, and so I'm going to try my best to preach in a hurry. Can I do that? Uh, cause we want to give you time to do that. And I just want you to hit your name. It's not the title of my message, but I want you, because here's the thing with the opening of a new facility, what we have to understand is it's going to give us an opportunity to minister to more people, but it's also going to give us an opportunity to minister to more people better than we ever have before. And so I want you to hit your neighbor on your right and your left and tell them, we have to get better. We have to get better. It's not an option. We have to get better. And with that being said, I want to speak to you for a few moments tonight on the subject, when preparation meets opportunity. When preparation meets opportunity. At the end of our service, our team leaders are going to come up and we're going to allow you to get with your teams to talk about how we can get better, to walk through the new, bu- new building. Uh, if you're already serving, if you're not on a team and not serving, we don't want you to feel like you can't be a part of that. We thought about doing a dream team rally, but then we thought, well, a lot of people that are not on a team will choose not to come to a service like that. And so what we wanted to do, if you're not on a team, before you leave tonight, we can get you connected to a team get you two next steps so that you can make a difference in 2019 when preparation meets opportunity. And this is a word for the house. I believe it's a significant year. We've been preparing for this moment for 11 years. 11 years, battles that we've fought, fasting and prayer that we've done for 11 years, battles and trials and all the things we've come through leads to this moment. And the question is, is will we be prepared? I don't think some of us understand the significance of this moment. I don't think we really understand the magnitude of what God is about to do in White Sulphur Springs, West Virginia. I I, I don't think we've really comprehended what the Holy Spirit is about to do. And I want to just go to 1 Chronicles chapter 4, verses 9 and 10. Very familiar passage that I want to read and kind of build off this. It says, now Jabez was more honorable than his brothers, and his mother called his name Jabez, saying, because I bore him in pain. And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, oh, that you would bless me indeed, 
and enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me, and that you would keep me from evil, that I may not cause pain. Jabez asked for five things here. He asked that God would bless him, that God would enlarge his territory, that God's hand would be upon him. He requested that God would keep him from evil, and he requested that God would keep him from grief. And the last line of that text says, so God granted him what he requested. God granted him what he requested. This prayer that Jabez prayed was a prayer of enlargement. He prayed for God to bless him and expand his territory or expand his influence. I believe what Jabez was really saying is, God, I want you to put me over something. I want you to make me a leader, not just a follower, but a leader. God, I I want you to remove all the limitations and all the boundaries from my life. Now, what's interesting about his prayer is that the name Jabez means sorrowful. He's labeled as someone who was sorrowful, someone who was limited, labeled as someone who had experienced pain in his life. But right here in 1 Chronicles, for no specific reason, we find him in a place praying a prayer of enlargement. I want you to hit your neighbor and tell him this. Tell him, you have to want it. You have to want it. Jabez wanted something to change. He wanted something to shift in his life. And so he prayed for this expansion. He prayed for this blessing. He knew that somewhere in the depths of his spirit that he was supposed to be the head and not the tail. Above only and not beneath. See, if you're not winning right now, it simply means the game's not over. Come on, somebody. Life may be difficult right now, and if you're not winning, it just means the game. Come on, tell somebody real quick, it's only halftime. Come on, we got another half to play. We got another quarter to play. This game's not over, and it's possible for you to go through life mislabeled, living by the labels that people have labeled you with. And, and, and thinking that you have to be what they said over you. Listen, if I listened to all my haters and critics, we wouldn't have a church reaching 701 people in 2018 with the gospel. You, can, you wouldn't do that in White Sulphur Springs, West Virginia. So you can't live underneath the labels that the world has for you. God has said some things over your life. And, and what I love about Jabez is that he prayed for God to enlarge him and and to take him above his pain. 2018 may have been a year of pain, but you need to go know that God is about to take you above your pain. That your perspective is about to change. God gave him what he asked for. See, God places within every individual, and God has placed within this church the capacity to do more than what we're currently doing. He he has given us a capacity to do more than we're currently doing. And what we have to understand about the church is that the church is called to reproduce leaders. Listen, the best leadership ought to come out of the church, which means that not just leadership in the church, but how many know the best business people, the best construction workers, the best teachers, that the best leaders in the world ought to come out of the church, That, that we have some things 
from the Word of God, and we can reproduce leaders, and there's always this argument about, are leaders born or are they developed? And here's the thing about that. Leaders are born. I believe that there are people that are born with a leadership gift, but I also believe there are people that can be trained and developed into becoming a leader. How many believe that tonight? That no matter what your background is. And and so we we have to understand that God wants to place within us the capacity to do more than we're doing, that we're called to lead. And, And the problem with a lot of churches is that we want to build our church around the spiritually impaired. We, we, we want to build a church around the spiritually impaired, and so the church remains weak. And, and I believe that we have to teach people up. We have to preach people up. I, I believe that if we will preach up to people, that they will grow into that word. That, that there has to be a bar. There has to be... Uh, you know, something set that causes us to want to come up a little higher than where we are. I'm tired of, of churches and even pastors that want to make church all about what can we do for you? How can we coddle you? How can we burp you? What can we do next for you? I want to do that for, for guests, but it, there comes a time that the people of God got to say, you know what? The church is not here just for me. I'm here for the church to use my gifts, my talents, the abilities God has put in me so that we can reach new people. Oh, I feel like preaching on a Wednesday night. We can't build the church around the spiritually impaired. We have to build it with leaders. I would say slap your neighbor, but some of you might really do that. Don't slap anybody, but tell them you're a leader. Tell your neighbor you're a leader. You're a leader. And so, The reason 2018 was our grown-up year is because God was trying to help us grow in to our next level. See, this year, we will host some of the biggest crowds we've ever hosted. This year, we've already booked three or four nationally known speakers that will come and bring their gift to this area to expose our area to, to ministries that they've never been exposed to. God is going to give us opportunities. But how many know we have to be prepared for the opportunity? See, what God wants to do here, I'm telling you, it's going to blow our minds. It's going to be so amazing as to what God does. And, but what we have to understand about growth and about a prayer of enlargement is this. Enlargement demands leadership. Whenever you increase, whenever you receive the blessing, you have to learn how to lead on that level. A lot of times God God blesses and we don't grow into the blessing. And so what happens, what you see happening in, in the business world and in the church world is that businesses and churches end up coming back down to the level that they're able to lead. And so we have to we have to grow. In this, we, we have to increase our capacity. There, are, there were people here, and, and, and I'm, not, I'm not being mean, I'm just saying there were people here in 2007 and 2008 that are no longer with us. And the reason is because they did not want to grow into a higher level of leadership. Y'all not going to believe it. We had people leave because they said they didn't like us growing the way we were. 
on our leadership team. Like it's just getting too big. You know, it's not about reaching. Then what's it about? If we're not going to use our gifts to reach people with the gospel, then why are we here? Like, you're going to have a hard time in heaven. Some people, their, their leadership gift never grows beyond their four, and usually those four is their own family. Because they need everybody to think like them, talk like them. But how many of we have to increase our capacity? We have to grow. Now listen, this is a word for the house, but it's also a word for your house. It doesn't matter what, what you lead, a home, a business. I don't, you, you, you teach a class. We have to grow to the level that God is blessing us with. So when God increases us, we have to increase our capacity. See, there, there is almost a celebration amongst a lot of circles um, about being mediocre, that people celebrate average, that they celebrate being mediocre. And we didn't get here by being mediocre. We got here because we were willing to fight some battles. We were willing to demand excellence at, at certain points in this ministry. And, and, and with the opening of a new facility, what we have to understand, it's not the time to get lazy. We're going to work harder this year than we've ever worked. We're going to plow up new ground. We're going to continue to grow in our leadership because enlargement demands leadership. And one writer, and this is, this is, this is kind of really where, where the rubber meets the road, favor is simply when preparation meets opportunity. I want you to get that. Favor is simply when preparation meets opportunity. I believe that this year is a year of favor and dominion. But favor can't be released over this house if we're not prepared for the opportunity. We have to prepare our hearts. And this goes against small-town thinking. What we're doing goes against small-town thinking. Do you all understand that? Like, one of the biggest battles we have faced all along the way is a small-town mindset. Like, you can't do that. Why? Because we're a small town. Why can't God do a big thing in a small town? He's doing it. I mean, look around. Why can't God do something big even in a small place. I mean, even Jesus came out of Bethlehem. God likes doing big things in small places. And so we've got to grow into this. We've got to be willing to, to, to be challenged so that we can get to the next level. And so when God's favor is on you, let me say this. We're not called here at this church to reflect the culture back to the culture. We are called to introduce the culture to the kingdom. That, that's, a, that's a game changer. That's a game changer right there. Now, not only does God want to release favor, but he, he's really spoken to me about dominion. And what we have to understand about dominion, I'm going to do a series on this later this year because there's just so many things I want to share that I can't do on a first Wednesday. But what we have to understand about dominion is that if you'll remember when God created the heavens and the earth. The scripture says this, darkness was upon the face of the deep. Y'all remember that, right? Darkness was upon the face of the deep. The, the default nature of everything that is not given attention is chaos. Anything that you do not give attention to, the default position of anything that we don't address, the default condition of that is chaos. Chaos. 
Example, if you don't work on your marriage, how many know it will become chaos? If you don't give attention to parenting, you're going to have chaos in your home. If you don't give attention to your finances, how many, that's going to turn to chaos. Anything that's left alone, the default condition is chaos. God did not speak to Adam and to Eve from the jungle. God did not speak to them until he first created a garden. Until he first created some structure, some order. And out of the order, out of the structure, God began to speak. That's why I'm saying it's so important that we get the preparation part right because God never speaks when there's chaos. God is going to speak when we are doing it his way. And so the only way to take dominion is, is to, we have to shape some things. We have to order some things, and when preparation meets opportunity, God's favor is released. Now, the other thing I want to say about this is that when the building opens, we don't get a do-over. I've played one round of golf in the last two years. i got to get back to golf, but, but I like mulligans. We don't get a mulligan. We don't get a do-over. How many? We only get one shot to make a first impression. We get one opportunity to do this the right way. And I believe God is going to help us. And the scripture is very clear when it comes to dominion that God has given us the keys to the kingdom. Keys speak of, of uh, the ability to unlock doors. Keys speak of authority. Keys speak of, of being able to take more territory. That's what God is talking about. And what we have to understand is that when the Spirit of God sets us free, He hands us a life of options. And what I mean by that, think about this. When God spoke to Abraham, what did He say? He said, Abraham, I, I'm getting ready to do something awesome in your life. I want you to look to the north, the south, and the east and the west as far as your eyes can see. I want you to know I have given that to you. How about Joshua? Joshua, Moses is dead. you got to forget about him and understand that every place that the soles of your feet touch, I have given it to you. What if God is saying, I'm going to give you as much territory as you want? That went right over some people. I'm going to give you as much territory. Jabez prayed, God, enlarge my territory. God, enlarge me. Bless me, God. He prayed for enlargement. And what we do, see, when we don't have options, guys, we get depressed. Why, why do people commit suicide? Because they feel like they're out of options. Let me, let me show you another way. People that are broke have less options than people who have money. Can I get one amen in this place? Like, like, God wants to present us with some options. How much territory, how much ground do you want? See, I, I don't want to be that preacher that has to beg people to get involved. I, I want to be the pastor that people are begging to be involved. Like, I, just give me something to do, Pastor. Even if it's a broom, a plunger, whatever it is, I will do it for the kingdom. 
We need some people that are willing to invest their life. See, the reason, one of the big differences between old school church and new school church is that old school church, people had a lot invested in it. Their time, their energy, their money. And so you couldn't hardly offend them. You couldn't make them mad enough to leave. Now people come and invest nothing, and at the drop of a hat, they, well, I'm out. But if you got your life invested and planted, how many know it's going to be hard to run you off? Oh, yeah, I feel like preaching tonight. When you're fully invested in the kingdom of God, come on, you're not offended so easily. You're ready to serve. You're ready to make a difference. Our best days are not behind us. I mean, look at this place on a first Wednesday. Come on, give yourselves a hand. Two, three years ago, we were lucky to get 60 people in here on a first Wednesday. You know what this tells me? People are ready to make a difference. People are ready to see God's kingdom come, not just in the world, but into White Sulphur Springs, Lewisburg, Covington, Clifton, Forge, Ron Sever. We, we want to see his kingdom come into our region. So we have to decide that we're going to take more territory. Now, i got to get, I told him I wouldn't do longer than 30 minutes. I have been 18. I am watching. I had a lot to say in 30 minutes because we want to give you time to connect with people, walk through the building, and, and give you an opportunity to say, you know what, I want to make a difference. I, I want to be a part of what God does in this region. I believe with all my heart some of the things that we say we're waiting on, we're not really waiting on them. God's waiting on us. He's just waiting on us. When preparation meets opportunity, favor is released. God told Noah to build an ark because it was going to rain. And God waited, watch this, he waited until Noah was finished with the boat. Then he sent the rain. Could it be that God withholds his blessing from a lot of places because they're not prepared to handle the blessing? Oh, I'm locked and loaded tonight. Could it be that there's some things we say we're waiting on, and God's like, no, you're not waiting on it. It's, it's done. It's finished. I have it right here. I'm waiting for you to be prepared for it. T.D. Jakes preached, preached a message years ago, and he called it, Can You Stand to Be Blessed? Can you handle the blessing? It's so powerful to think about that I can work with God, that I can prepare my heart for what God wants to do. 2 Corinthians 2 and 9 says, I has not seen nor ear heard, nor has entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. God already has it prepared, already has it ready to be released into our lives. He's just waiting to see if we can handle it. How many know God has to trust us? He has to be able to trust us with this next level. Can he trust us with this next level? See, this prayer that Jabez prayed, not only was it a prayer of enlargement, but Jabez was simply preparing his heart for what he felt like God wanted to do in his life. And this, this is not a self-centered prayer. This prayer is for mature people who have a vision bigger than where they are. That, that's who this is for. And, and so leadership also and enlargement demands focus. All right, everybody say focus. You cannot do anything significant by yourself. When your life is small, you can do it all. 
when your life is enlarged, you cannot do everything. One of the most beautiful things, I, I can remember the early days, we, we, we had one light switch and one button back there that you hit, and this whole thing came on. So I could come in and, and you know, hit a button or two, and we were ready for church. I don't even know how to turn all that on back there. Like, they don't even let me in that booth. There's so many. But you know what that means? It means that this thing is bigger than any individual. That there is room for your gift, your talent, what God has placed on the inside of you. Now, so, so, so that I can be done on time and not feel like I lied to everyone, let me give you six things quickly. All right, six things. These, real quick. These are like boom, 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 all right? My wife's laughing like, you can't do that in eight minutes. We're going to try. Six characteristics that I believe God is looking for from us. Number one, he's looking for optimism. It don't take a whole lot to be a critic. Well, that's terrible, and that's terrible, and that's terrible. Well, until you bring three solutions, just shut up. That's why we just need you to shut up. Y'all getting that on camera too, aren't you? Don't tell me what all's wrong if you don't have some solutions. Bring me some answers. See the bright side. Start believing. Believe that things are possible. That we can make a difference. The second thing that I believe God's looking for from us in this season is sacrifice. That's a dirty word. That'll get you kicked right out of church now. Because we want to come in and, and, and give and invest as little as possible. But God is looking for some sacrifice. How invested are we in this season? See, it's easy to look, to, to sit and look at someone who is already successful and criticize them. You ever heard people do that? Like, they didn't get their degree, so they criticize someone who got their degree? Even though they weren't there all the late nights that that person studied? They, they, they felt that they should have launched a business and they never did, but their friend did, and now they're a millionaire, and now they're mad at their friend just because they worked hard? It's easy to sit on the outside of success and criticize. But we need to be sacrificial. We need to be willing to invest ourselves. The third thing, we got to have a never-give-up mentality. If we don't quit, we can't lose. The only way we can lose is if we quit. See, what separates leaders and achievers from those who are barely holding on is what we do with discouragement. It's, it's what we do with the things that don't, how we handle things when it don't go our way. we got to have a never-give-up mentality. The fourth thing we have to do is we have to develop ability. Now this one goes against the grain in church because ability is different than giftedness. A lot of people are gifted but not able. <laughs> I just said a mouthful. They're really gifted, they're just not able. And the church is one of the few places in the world where people don't have to be able. How I many of that shouldn't be the case? We have to be able. I know, you're more spiritual than me. See, the world knows, even the world knows what kind of image it wants to portray. And think about this. If the world is doing a car show, now, 
you may not agree with it. I don't necessarily agree with it. But how many know they're going to put beautiful women out by them cars <laughs> to get you to look in that direction? They know the image they want to portray. Colgate commercial. They're going to have somebody on there with beautiful teeth. Not somebody that only has two left. <laughs> right? I still got five minutes. <laughs> She's like, five more minutes. I'm taking my five minutes. See, the, the church is the only place, some of y'all really like that, where you don't have to have certain abilities. But I want us to know tonight, we have to be able. It's like, it's like the local legend at the playground. Like, he could have been the next Michael Jordan. But after every game, he went and got him a case of beer and got wasted. Everybody knew he had the potential. So he was, he was gifted, but not able. Is this making sense? And, and so Major League Baseball, take this for, for an example. If you make it as a pitcher to the big leagues, you represent less than 1% of those trying to make the big, league, big leagues. The person who makes it to the big leagues, they have struck everybody out since they were eight years old. That's all they've ever done. And if they make it to the big leagues, the first person they introduce you to is a pitching coach. See, see I'm going somewhere. Some people are gifted but not able because they can't take instruction. I know you struck everybody out since you're eight. You, you, that's great. But the first person I need you to see is this pitching coach because he's about to tell you all the things you do wrong. He's going to help you get better. How many, hit your neighbor again and say, we got to get better. we got to get better. We have to grow. We have to be able to receive some instructions. The fifth thing, I'm, I'm trying to hurry, the God factor, the God factor. And what this simply means, to, to sum this up, is we do everything that we can do. We give God our all. And when we have done everything that we know how to do, we still need to be people of faith that believe that God is going to show up and do what we cannot do. Is that all right? How many believe that there's a God factor here at Bethesda Church that's going to do what we cannot do? The last one is attitude. Kingdom leaders understand that attitude is everything. It's not just that we serve God, it's the way we serve God. It's the attitude in which we serve God. It's the expression, it's, it's the mentality, it's, it's the opinion that we have, the attitude that we bring to this place. See, a lot of people have, have they're, they're saved, but their attitude stinks. I'm not saying you're going to hell, but I am saying, can you save your attitude? Like, can you dip that in the blood? We, we, you know what I'm saying? Like, we, we need to get your attitude there. Yeah, I know your soul's there, but how many know you, you can be on your way to heaven, but if you got a bad attitude, guests ain't coming. <laughs> I'm, if I keep preaching, I'm going to end up in trouble. See, what, what needs to happen is we have to see the world beyond our own zip code. 
See, your, your attitude tells me where you're headed. It tells me where you're headed. Romans chapter 8 tells us that the world, that all creation, is waiting on the manifestation of the sons and daughters of God. You know what that's really telling us? It's telling us that the whole world is waiting on us to figure out who we are and start doing it God's way. I believe there is a harvest coming to this area like we have never seen. Come on, if you believe it, I need you to give God a praise tonight. Come on, stand to your feet. I'll quit. If you'll stand up and clap, I'll quit. Come on, stand up and give God a praise. Now, here's here's what I want to do. I I don't want to move past this moment without first giving somebody an opportunity to know who Jesus is. Worship team, you don't have to come. I'm I'm going to pray, and then we're going to we're going to release people to to connect and all that. I, I don't I don't feel like we have to to do another song and all that. Y'all get anything out of the word? Yeah. All right. Would you bow your heads with me though in in this atmosphere? And I know we don't have music, but it we know the Holy Spirit can move right here right now. And I, and I just want to speak that, that if you're in this place and you're not in a relationship with Jesus, we are so honored that you are here. And we would be, I mean, so pumped up if you wanted to give your life to Jesus tonight. And so I just want to ask in this room tonight, this room of faith, this room of, of people who love Jesus, who are crazy enough for Jesus, that they're here on a Wednesday night ready to serve God. If you want to know Jesus and you need him to save you, if that's you, you want that tonight, would you just throw your hand up right there where you are and say, that's me, Pastor. I, I need Jesus to save me tonight. Anyone at all? Anyone at all tonight? Thank you, Holy Spirit. Anyone at all? I'm going to ask a, another question. How many of you are ready to take this thing to the next level? Come on, if that's you, how many are ready to take it to the next level? Here's what I want to do tonight. We want to give plenty of opportunity, and I I did preach about 30 minutes right on the button. But I'm going to ask every team leader, if you are a team leader here at Bethesda, I want you to come up front. I know some of you didn't know we were going to do that, but we're going to do that. I want you to come up front, all the way up close, 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 close. We got team leaders, team leaders. Perfect. Look at all these. Can y'all give it up for all of our team leaders here at Bethesda Church? Now, here's what I would say. Some of you know, like, you, you know what team you're on. You're already serving. You know who your team leader is. We want you to do your best to kind of get with your teams tonight. As you walk through the, the building, and Pastor Josh is going over to kind of open everything and, and, and to prepare it. But we want to be ready, in, and we've already scheduled it, so we're going to be working like crazy. March the 17th, Ribbon Cutting Sunday. It's like eight Sundays, and then we're in it. But what we want you to do is just connect. If you are not on a team, 
Please don't leave without talking to somebody. You can see one of these team leaders that are up here. You could talk to me or my wife, any of the staff members. But we would love for you to get connected to one of the teams so that you can make a difference. We'll help you get to next steps and all of that. I believe that 2019, guys, is going to be our most significant year. I believe we're going to see so many people saved. And, and listen, as we pray and fast, I want to share this with you as well. As we pray and fast, I really believe that, that we're going to experience three main areas of blessing. There's going to be a, a, a blessing of freedom in people's lives, healing, and also divine direction in this season. That God is going to speak to you about your direction and your next step. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to pray, and at the end of this prayer, I want you to, to walk through the building, connect with some people, find a way to serve and be on a team. Is this all right tonight? I know it's different. Did y'all get anything out of this service? All right? I hope you did. I'm going to pray over you, and then we're going to release you. We just want you to hang out and connect with people. Father, we thank you so much for your goodness, your mercy, and your grace. God, we thank you that when preparation meets opportunity, your favor is released. And God, we want to prepare not only our hearts, but God, we want to prepare our ministries, our teams. God, we want to be prepared to host guests better than we've ever hosted them before. God, we are believing that you're going to do something big in a small place. God, that you're going to do something, God, that, that man cannot take the credit for, God. Something that only you can get the credit for. And God, we, we give you praise in advance for all that you're going to do in 2019. We pray as Jabez did, God, that you would bless us indeed. That you would expand our territory. And God, that you would give us a true heart for you and a true heart for the house so that we can reach lost people, God. We thank you for the opportunity to serve you. God, we count it a privilege and an honor to invest our lives into your kingdom and we ask you to bless every person here tonight. Help us to get connected more than ever before so that we can do more than we've ever done in the past. And we ask it all in Jesus' name. And the church said, amen. amen. Come on, give God one more praise. Woo. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Bethesda Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us online. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and our website, BethesdaChurch.tv. Thank you for joining us and have a great day.